Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. Happy Friday. Hashtag Friday feeling and all that fun. Uh, have you got that feeling today? I do. Uh, I finally got my my feeling back in my whole body. Uh, oh, year. yeah. Um, because uh, last week I got my first COVID vaccine. <gasps> How did it go? Well, it went well. Like I, I got it on the on the Sunday, and uh, but then by two o'clock, um, right to the following day, I had felt like I'd done a, a few rounds with a heavyweight boxer. And oh, you mean know, like me? It was worse than a Friday, was it? I was even worse than that, Emer. Oh, yeah, oh, wow. So it, you do was, appreciate your Fridays now. I, I do. I really do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, But it's great to have got the process started and I should be, hopefully, uh, before my birthday, I'll have both my vaccines. Um, so I'll be done and dusted. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, that, that certain birthday that's coming up. Actually, between your, uh, you know, your health and your wealth and all, I am, I'm sure you'll probably get the odd nice check for your, the big birthday. Um, I might have something that could be of interest here to you. Cool. Um, I was watching the other night, uh, An Idiot Abroad, you know, the Ricky Gervais show, yes. you know, with his, I feel sorry for that poor guy. His, his sidekick, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ring him up in the middle of like, you know, the Arctic and, and just tell him that he's going off to build Eskimo huts and all that kind of stuff. So and he hasn't a clue what he's doing. So uh, I feel it's pain. Um, so he's at the moment working off the 100 things to do before you die. Wow. So I went to have a look to see if I could find, is there a certain list? Yeah. But actually it came across an even better one. It's right. a thousand things to do before you die. Wow. Sounds good. Yeah. So I was looking at number 212. Uh, yeah, I can count. Uh, you got to rough it in the Arctic. Now that's not for me because I don't too rough cold. it anywhere. Too, yeah. Too cold. No, I don't rough it anywhere. You know, like I don't Ooh, do tents. Yeah. I don't do bikes. You're five star all the way, aren't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. You know, uh, like uh, the only public transport I use is a plane. <laughs> or a chauffeur, a chauffeur driven limousine. Is that what you're saying? Anybody? Oh, I know. I know one of those guys. I know one of those guys. <laughs> um, actually talking to driving. The other one is drive a lap in a race car. Now I do like my speed. As in a fast car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing else, okay? Just in case anyone's thinking, what's she on? But anyway, um, so would that be anything you'd like to do? Now, has that got you thinking? Well, I have to admit now, you know, I do love bike riding. As you know, I, I cycle mm. every morning. And before we had um, Isabel um, 13 years ago, we did a trip wow. to New Zealand, me and my wife. Did you? I would love to go cycling around the South Island. Wow. Would that take you long? Probably, but I tell you, it is just amazing. Like we Would drove you? it, but... Uh, so we'll have to let you off for a week or two, will we? <laughs> I need probably so about six that. months. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You're not going, you're not going. That's it. I can't yeah. do this on my own, you know? No um, but yeah, it's a bit real. Would, uh, what's the word? Food for thought. You know, like your health, your wealth, and a wee bit of fun, you know, because, you know, life is too short and you should do things that you enjoy. Well, that's, and speaking of things that I enjoy, I, I love bringing you every week the digital giggle of the episode and I know our audience do and hopefully our guest today will enjoy this as well okay if they're still here they might <laughs> yeah if we hear the door closing and footsteps running we know that I've failed yeah, so, uh, yeah. but Emer mm -hmm. what is a thousand times better than Instagram happy hour 
No, no. <laughs> Get back to your mathematics. It's insta-kilogram. No, no, it's turning into be a big embarrassment. It's really shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Look, I'll be nice to you and say, look, you've had a bad week and I'll let I've you off this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I thought it was quite clever, though. You know, I thought it was clever. So. When's your next shot? I'm not too sure whether it be an injection or a bullet. Is that what you're saying, Emer? Yeah, yeah. Move I'll, along. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> I might make a phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put them down. Put them down. <laughs> totally put them down. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, not a bad attempt. Not a bad attempt. Thanks, thanks. Back on track. Okay. Okay. So today we are delighted to have two guests with us. Fantastic. And hopefully we still have two guests with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so who have we got today, Mr. Twyford? Well, we're delighted firstly to be joined by Rachel Sharp, uh, who is the social media executive for Forever Living Products UK and Ireland and overseas and uh, the content development and community management across Forever's customer and business owner channels. And with over mm-hmm. five years experience in digital and social media marketing, Rachel has developed an insight into effective ways to increase reach, earn customer trust and generate engagement and is passionate about sharing that knowledge with others. She loves to experiment with social trends and tools. And in 2020, she leveraged her own social media channels and tested out the then newly launched Instagram Reels to raise over £1,800 for the British Red Cross during her Miles for Refugees fundraiser. Wow, that's really impressive. Absolutely. Um, we, we also have, as I say, we have a second person here. And uh, to balance the gender, as I say, um, we have Mr. Spencer Bridges, who is the head of marketing for Forever Living Products UK and Ireland. And Spencer has overseen the marketing department there uh, with Forever Living for over five years and started out managing the company's social media pages, setting up the company's Instagram page and helping to grow the company's other channels. And it's great to have them both with us today. So without further ado, Rachel and Spencer, welcome to Let's Get Social. Hello, thank you very much for having us. Hi guys, hope you both good. We were uh, ready to leave the call after that joke, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> I was with you, I was with you. <laughs> That's great, I thought we were friends, Spencer. You're dead to me, dead. <laughs> no, no, it's okay, it's okay. We, 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 we can bounce back, we can bounce so, back. So I was going to say before we begin, how do you rate our digital and social media comedian? I told you that title's too long, do you know what I mean? I know, yeah, yeah. I, I it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, to be honest. So we've listened to a few of your uh, your podcasts, and I think, yeah, it was one of the yeah. better ones. <laughs> okay, okay, you've redeemed yourself. That's good. Room, We're friends room, again. We're friends room to again. improve. Room to improve. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, Rachel and Spencer. It's great you're here. Uh, unfortunately, we can't meet you in person in the studio, as you know, because we're still, uh, you know, got restrictions and things. So maybe ne- next time you're over in Ireland, you will pop in and see us. Um, but can you tell us a little more about your journey before you began working with Forever Living? I don't know. Ladies first, I suppose, Rachel. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, before I joined Forever, I um, started off in a PR and social media agency um, mm-hmm. where I worked oh. on uh, several PR campaigns uh, before realizing that social media marketing um, was what I was really interested in and had the, the biggest passion for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to work on several nationwide social media accounts for some um, well-known pub brands um, and some other brands as well, um, as well as launching and building up social media accounts for a few uh, smaller companies that we worked with as well. Um, I actually, in that role as well, did quite a little bit of social media training during that time. Um, and as you know, as part of that, I sort of helped to guide, um, social media novices, uh, through the ins and outs of social media business accounts to sort of get them running on that. 
Um, and then eventually I was really keen to focus in on one particular brand and manage the content and strategy for that brand, which is what led me to taking up my current position at Forever in 2019. Gosh, you're an all-rounder, aren't you? <laughs> a yeah, superstar yeah. pay rise coming your way definitely definitely so, definitely. <laughs> definitely yeah did you hear that Spencer pay rise <laughs> pay rise <laughs> you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so go on your turn Spencer fill us in <laughs> um yeah so I um come from a marketing background. So I, I did a marketing degree um, and I've, I've been with forever for, for nearly six years now. So it'll be six years wow. in wow. September. So quite some time. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, yeah. So I, I started off managing um, the company's social media pages mm-hmm. in their early stages and then just moved throughout the company, really. Um, mm-hmm. The digital marketing team leader. Mm-hmm. So looking after the digital team. Um, at the time, it was looking after our video editors, um, web editors, email executives. So small, mm-hmm. smallish teams, about five or six of us at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, to marketing manager. And then recently over the last year, um, head of marketing. So at Forever, we've got a team of 10 in in the marketing team at mm-hmm. our head office. So we look after the UK and, and Ireland. Yeah, a number of different marketing positions, really, from graphic designers to email executives, web editors, content editors. Um, so yeah, really lucky to have a talented uh, bunch sat next to one of them at the moment. He looks after our social media. But yeah, um, I mean, for, for those who don't know as well, maybe just to, to give you a little bit of information about Forever. So mm-hmm. um, we're in 160 countries worldwide. Um, we look after the UK and Ireland, as I mentioned, and we're mm-hmm. a we're a wellness and, and beauty company. So we sell hundreds of different wellness and, and beauty products. I mean, the I would say the flagship product and the one that we're probably the most well-known for is our aloe vera drinking gels um, or just our aloe vera-based products in general. But yeah, we sell loads of different Health and beauty products, fitness products, personal care, skin care. So yeah. So, so you're super healthy then, yeah? um in the week i try to be in the weekends definitely not and especially during uh, the bank holiday as well oh yeah you you need the yellow after the weekend yeah yeah, to purify the liver i I hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying um like it's um very interesting with that array of products that you offer Mm -hmm. because i suppose we've seen a huge element particularly with covid would say people getting back into fitness and looking after their their wellness and their nutrition etc um like I suppose since COVID, and I suppose I'll I'll direct this first to yourself, Rachel, then Spencer, obviously please come in and give us your your thoughts. Um like with COVID, when it comes to marketing, we, we know uh, social media, the impact it has, you know, how has it even become a, a bigger aspect for marketing forever living with COVID and lockdown, et cetera? Yeah. Um we've definitely um seen it become more prominent, that's for sure. Um so, I mean, with Forever, especially the whole business model kind of works on uh, people building up relationships with their customers. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of our business owners before were previously meeting people face to face at coffee shops or business fairs or wherever it happened to be. Um, and then when COVID hit, um, obviously, all of that business had to be moved online. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of our job in the marketing department is to make sure that the business owners have access to the tools that they need to uh, run their business um, efficiently. Um, so suddenly a lot of our own work had to become more online based, um, you know, and that involved taking in-person trainings and making them available on Facebook Live. 
Um, we had to make our business tools more easily accessible online. And we had some of our global events as well um, take place on Facebook Live, which is a whole new challenge in itself. Mm. And um, we obviously also had to make sure that our business owners understood social media. So um, a lot of them hadn't really used it before, or at least not to the same degree that they're using it now. So we did a lot of training around that as well, um, just to make sure that they kind of had a good handle on that. And yeah, I mean, we found obviously with the ever-changing situation, social media quickly became a really useful hub uh, for us to share news and updates. And we found that the community uh, and our audience really wanted to hear, you know, from like our country manager regularly on social media as well. So we began to do a lot more Facebook lives with him. Um, you know, and like you say, we saw a lot of people wanting to um, stay active and busy while they were on furlough and things like that. So um, we did a lot of Facebook live fitness classes, um, which performed wow. uh, really well. That's cool, and, yeah. Yeah, um, so they performed really well. Um, and just overall, we saw our social media community kind of flourish during that time. Um, and it continues to perform well um, now, obviously, as people have seen kind of the benefit of social media and how it can work for their businesses. Pretty good. Yeah. Because like getting yourself, it's like, you know, there are a lot of people out there that would be still quite hesitant, you know, if they're starting, mm. you know, a business, they're kind of going, ooh, with the old social, you know, is this going to make a difference? But from what you're saying, it really has, you know, trying to kind of motivate people, build up their community, especially with Facebook. Would that be right, Rachel? Yeah. Yeah, Facebook, um, especially. And we found a, um, a lot more people getting involved in Instagram as well. Um, I think especially, I think it was what, halfway through last year, the Instagram Reels kind of became a thing. Uh, and I know it's very similar to uh, TikTok. I know that not a lot of our business owners use TikTok at the moment. Um, a lot of people have started to jump onto the Instagram Reels trend. So yeah, Facebook and Instagram especially are... Um, yeah, yeah, a bit like Mr. Twyford jumps on his Reels. Literally. <laughs> check them out. Second hell. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, after I do a reel, I have to kind of go and grab a Nurofen or something to, or, or get like a massage to kind of unlock my back from some of the contortions I'm doing, like, you know, so. Uh, yeah. um, and like Spencer, from your aspect, have you seen, I suppose, essentially the way you, you market Forever Living completely kind of evolve now since COVID and kind of exploring more digital integration relationship and even more direct one-to-one communication through the digital force. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, definitely. I think our um, our business model was well suited to the current climate with, with COVID and stuff like that. So we're, we're a direct sales company, very similar to um, to Avon. So mm, yeah. um, I think with, as Rach was saying, a lot of people obviously being sort of being put on furlough and, and stuff like that, or, or even losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wanted that reassurance as well of like a little bit of a side hustle or a part-time income so mm. we found a lot of of new people wanting to sign up to our business as did a lot of our um, competitors such as avon and, and herbal life those sort of companies as well because yeah i think people wanted that sort of reassurance over like lockdown where they were having an extra income on top of their full-time job or if potentially if they were losing their job and struggling mm-hmm. to find something else it's really easy to obviously set up a, a, a forever business also our products were really well suited to the environment so so you know we sell a lot of supplements a lot of health and well-being products sort of hand sanitizers and soaps so yeah i mean we were very lucky from from that respect but yeah we as as rach was saying really we had to um also adjust our marketing um with with covid we, we do a lot of live events at different venues across the uk and ireland as well um 
obviously weren't able to do any of those. So we had to, we were doing webinars to an extent, but we had to change all of our events to, to them being online, um, which, yeah, was was a big task. But we've, we have a, a studio where we are at the moment um, at our distribution center where we're able to um, to record and just be sort of a little bit more professional than uh, over someone's desk, which is has really helped. So it's something that we invested in over, over lockdown. As Rach said as well, we're just sort of tailoring our social media content to what people were, were after at the time. Obviously, gyms were closed. So mm-hmm. we did a lot of uh, the home workouts on Facebook Live, sort of ab classes and dance classes, that sort of thing. Really just fun but engaging content. I think people we're sort of a little bit bored as well, having to stay at home. So trying to... Well, to- I, I hate to say it, Spencer, <laughs> but I am, I am sort of uh, such a couch potato, you know, uh, I don't know what he, I don't think you could get through to me, you know, uh, you might get through to him, but you won't get through to me, you know, so... If she um, struggles, she needs air, even when she moves the finger to change the channel on the remote control. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? You know, I'll have to get Siri onto it or is it Alexa, you know, change the channel. Um, yeah, it is really important, as I say, like, you know, to have really good content, like you're putting out there, like you were saying. Um, but again, it's all down to first impressions, Mr. Twyford. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So... What key things, guys, would you say are necessary, you know, really, really necessary to have in place with social media business accounts? For me, I think a great biography is really important. Um, So uh, obviously, it's one of the first things people see when they land on your page. Um, Mm. And it's really important for it to be um, obviously short, but really informative. And it can be a difficult balance to strike. But I mean, the, the way that I always look at it is obviously it's great to tell your your target follower exactly what it is um, that you do. Um, mm-hmm. So if I were to give kind of an example, it would be, you know, in that first line of a biography, you kind of say, I help this target market to achieve X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can showcase your expertise. So whether that's saying that you have been working in your industry for how many years, or you've won however many awards or whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, give a call to action as well so that obviously people know what to do once they've landed on your page. So whether that's, you know, direct message me for, mm-hmm. you know, help with this or sign up to my mailing list for this free resource um, or whatever it happens to be. Mm. Um, I think a, a biography is really key. And then I would also say um, that consistency really helps to make a good and first impression. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously if you imagine going on someone's Instagram page for the first time, um, the ones that kind of have a consistent style and they're posting, uh, consistently, um, and they consistently engage with their audience as well. Um, those are the kind of the ones that you're sticking around on. So yeah, they would be my tips. Um, I think Spencer's got some ideas as well. Yeah. I mean, from, from my point of view, I think it's just knowing that you don't have to be on every single like social media platform. We're, we're not on every social media platform. Yeah. Dedicated yeah. person who looks after social. So don't sort of spread yourself too thinly. I think quality mm-hmm. definitely over, over quantity mm-hmm. on, on that. And just because you see the likes of, you know, some, some big organizations, Nike or whatever on TikTok and doing some really cool thing doesn't mean mm-hmm. that that's right for, for you or your business. So yeah, looking at where you're obviously where your customers are, and getting on those platforms and, and looking at the ones that are right for your business, not just going on any platform for the sake of going on it, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, w- I yeah. would say you're right, actually, because sometimes if you were to be on everything, you get no work done. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that's it, yeah. Like, mm. like we would always say that to our clients and even to the listeners, you know, mm. go beyond the channels where your customers are on. Don't feel pressurized to be on every channel. Like myself and Ema, we're not on TikTok. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like nope. I look at it because I know a lot of Instagram <laughs> reels, ideas and trends start on TikTok. Yeah. But I look at I look at all the young people on TikTok. I'm kind of going, if I went on TikTok, I'd look like a clown. <laughs> I would. I would look like a clown. So, um, oh. but uh, like I think. I agree. I think, Rachel, you're spot on. I think when customers visit your social channels, they need to get a feel about, is Mm. this channel going to answer my pain points or can I relate to uh, what they are talking about and does that Mm -hmm. fit with my sort of my makeup, et cetera. So that is 100%. And it's great to hear, Spencer, you saying, you know, because, you know, you are a big brand, a big business. So it's great to hear you say that, you know, we're not on every channel. So hopefully the listeners take that away that listen mm-hmm. you know you may not be as big as forever living but that means then well they're not on every channel you don't have to be either mm-hmm. um like i suppose and you mentioned it there um you both mentioned about the whole element of consistency you know and i suppose that is something that we see with a lot of businesses you know they get excited to maybe get on instagram mm-hmm. do a few reels or even start a blog mm-hmm. and then they'll get going for maybe a week or two and then suddenly it stops. Um, yeah. And whoever wants to start off this, feel free. Like for yourselves, for forever living, you know, how do you find or do you have any sort of tips or, or I suppose strategies to help you and that potentially could help our listeners stay consistent on social media? Like we always say maybe an editorial calendar, but, yeah. you know, feel yeah. free to just kind of let us know your thoughts. Yeah, I, I I think I would um, say that as well. So one of the ways that I would do it is um, I'll sit down um, at the start of each month and I'll plan and schedule ahead um, mm-hmm. for the month. And I mean, obviously, there are always going to be times when you might need to do something reactive or spur of the moment. Um, so, you know, you can't necessarily schedule it up. Um, but in terms of being consistent, that is my number one key mm-hmm. thing. And I know I say this to our business owners quite a lot because they do kind of what you just said. Um, you know, they've got five great ideas. So, you know, they do them all in one day and then they've not got anything for the next five days kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I definitely would say making an editorial calendar. um, And then if if that involves, you know, if you wanted to take, you know, if you need to take a lot of pictures, set a little bit of time out to take those pictures or to film those videos Mm -hmm. um, ahead of time. So then you've always got that, that sort of bank of content that you've always got there and then you can use them. Um, kind of at any time. Yeah. Um, and then also, I think it's being able to access your um, your insights and your analytics as well and kind of find out if there are um, posts that go out at specific times a day which perform better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sort of, once you've planned it, you can then sit down and schedule it for the times um, that are going to be, you know, the most beneficial for you um, to kind of get you the most engagement uh, and things like that and have a little bit of an experiment there. But yeah, no, definitely planning and scheduling ahead of time mm-hmm. is my number one. Yeah. Um, I think like like Rach saying sort of the test and learn yeah. from it is is so important as well. And if something does work, you know, do more of it and mm-hmm. or do it even bigger. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. something doesn't work, then yeah, just just obviously move on to the next sort of thing. Um, from our, I mean, from our point of view, like reading comments and stuff like that on our post is so important. The, the amount, oh, yeah. the, the insight mm-hmm. you can get from that, I think, is sometimes better than you know the insight that you could get from doing a focus group or a questionnaire, that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, you've got to be in a situation where you are getting you know hundreds of, of thousands or you know a couple of, of comments here and there or DMs. But mm-hmm. once you get to that point, I think it's so important to be fully immersed in in looking through that and seeing what's important to 
to the audience really. Yeah. But yeah, I think just being being better listeners than than marketers, that's what I say. Um yeah. that, that can be your your sound bite for today's uh, <laughs> That's it. So thank you for joining. Let's get to social. We're ending on that note. <laughs> well, you can't go anywhere just yet. Not yet, not yet, not yet. I was gonna say, like when it comes to scheduling, like would you use specific tools? Would you like use uh, like uh, later.com maybe, or would you use things like uh, Creator Studio or do you natively do it on Facebook? What way do you guys do the, the scheduling? We use um, Sprout Social. Uh, oh, okay. Good yeah, but I mean, the, the, the great thing obviously about Facebook is it does have its own uh, scheduling tool. So that can be helpful if you don't want to uh, spend money on like a, an external yeah, that's what I was thinking, you know, maybe, the, yeah. you know, because, you know, when you're uh, starting out sometimes or you're on your own as business owner, you're kind of thinking, what can I avoid spending yeah. money on, yeah. you know? I think, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Facebook recently uh, has started letting you schedule to Instagram as well. Um, yeah, I think that's through the Creator Studio, yeah. 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 Um, so obviously, if you've got your Instagram linked up to your Facebook, then you can do everything through Facebook and it's it's free. Um, and it's, it's pretty intuitive as well. So obviously that is, um, an option. And you can schedule through Twitter as well. They have a, you know, they obviously, the only drawback is that if you were tagging people on a, on an image, you can't mm. schedule for some yeah. reason, uh, which is a bit frustrating and linked. They probably don't want you to schedule. That's why. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, but there is actually a new, um, an update now they're talking about is Twitter blue. Um, right. and that's a subscription service. Yeah. It's oh, gonna be something like, yeah. yeah. It's something like $3 a month or something. But, um, but, uh, talking of content and all that kind of, uh, fun stuff that we all have to come up with ideas for, um, Spencer, can I ask you when it comes to tailoring content to attract your target audience or demographic, what would you say would be your top three tips say, uh, on that? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, I think it's important to know the specifics of your, demographics for, for your mm. audience specifically and i think you can obviously find now if you're on the the platforms themselves you know that they have some some um, insights into the demographics of, of the platforms so like facebook twitter and instagram mm-hmm. or if you're using one of the scheduling platforms obviously you can pull that data in from there as well so mm-hmm. i think that's that's really important really key just to find out the the specifics of your demographic Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, just finding out what platforms these types of audience use. You, you talked about not have, you know, using TikTok, but that's you knowing your audience and knowing that, you know, for, for your audience, uh, it, it's not relevant. So, yeah, I think it's important to find that out. And also just mm-hmm. looking at, at what um, your competitors are doing as well, what platforms they're on, what types of content they are producing and how they're tailoring content as well. I think sometimes you haven't got to always reinvent the wheel. Yes, I think it's important to be unique, but mm-hmm. I think there's some small adjustments that you can make to sort of other people's content. And sometimes it doesn't always have to be direct mm-hmm. competitors as well. Obviously, you know, some of the big brands as well, looking at what they're doing as well. But also, you know, looking at, social listening as well seeing what people are saying about um your brand mm-hmm. and or yeah. not even just your brand but the space that you're in or competitors as well what what their likes and dislikes are what they're saying the, the mm-hmm. brand sentiment from that point of view as well i think is important then to be able to look at that and then see what types of content they're they're looking at and engaging with yeah i was going to say it's funny actually um i for some reason got a mad idea recently to um share out mr twy for its latest reel and uh 
yeah, I got the, I got quite a lot of interest on that on Instagram stories, uh, which was quite worrying. But uh, yeah, so like I think sometimes, as you say, you know, it doesn't even have to be your own content that maybe you're, t- you know, you create, you could actually share out someone else's. What's your thoughts on that, Rachel? Yeah, de- no, I completely agree with Spencer. Um, there's definitely nothing wrong with taking inspiration from others in your niche um, or your competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's not a case of copying, but it's about seeing what they do well, what engages their audience uh, and, and kind of give you a good idea as to how it might perform for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then another thing that I would add is to um, any content that you can do, which adds value to your target audience um, is is going to be really key. And that's going to not only engage, obviously, the audience that you have, but then attract um, the mm-hmm. kind of audience that you want as well. So um, obviously that can look like different things to uh, different accounts and different businesses, but finding a way to add value um, to your ideal target audience's life means that they're going to be interested in following you because they're getting something out of it. So, um, you know, for example, for me, I follow quite a lot of social media marketing coaches who give, um, you know, free tips or Mm. advice or news about social media. Um, And that's how they, you know, have drawn me into following them because I want to know that information. Uh, What that means is that when they share, you know, a more promotional post about, a paid course that they're running or whatever it happens to be, then I'm, I'm ready to part with my money because they've, you know, they've drawn me in. And <laughs> so, <laughs> um, oh. so yeah, that's anything that you can do to add value and, and sort of, you know, give your target audience a look into what you can do for them for free. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, you know, be inclined to follow you um, and, and inclined to. And they'll build loyalty with you as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It makes a, a lot of sense. I'm just thinking, you know, if you ever want me to do one of my digital giggle sessions for your audience, uh, feel free to have me on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Social media comedian. Oh, what? Um, but no, seriously, like um, analytics is, uh, and I know you obviously mentioned it, Rachel, when we were talking about consistency and obviously Spencer, mm. you've mentioned analytics about getting to understand your audience you know when it comes to analytics the sites instagram facebook have their own built-in analytics and obviously mm-hmm. there is google analytics which everybody should have on the back of their their website etc you know when you look at analytics you know based on both of your experiences what are some of the key things people should consider when it comes to analytics that they should be taking note of yeah um so Uh, I always see analytics as a really great way to shape your future content, kind of as we've mentioned before. So um, for me, one of the most important stats is engagement. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether that's uh, people engaging well with a specific kind of content, uh, in which case you can sort of continue to experiment with that kind of content. Um, Like we mentioned before, uh, we know that the Facebook Lives uh, that we do um, Mm -hmm. and some of the Instagram Reels as well are really well engaged with and loved by our audience. So you know, we know to create those more. Um, and same with like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, what times of day uh, people most engage and then you can experiment with when you want to schedule things up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that way you, you sort of, when it comes to planning your content, you sort of know um, what it is um, that you've you've done well and what you might need to tweak for next time. Mm-hmm. Um, saves on Instagram can be a really beneficial uh, metric to track. Uh, because that means that you're producing content that people find useful. And I think also the algorithm favors posts, which have been saved quite a lot as well. So that's, again, really useful metric. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, as a business page, you know, you're probably concerned with how many people are actually converting. So how many people are clicking on your links? 
Um, if you've got a Facebook pixel set up, are people heading to your website and buying your products or services? Mm. Um, you know, are people joining your mailing list? Um, and if they're not, then obviously that's a, a good indicator that you need to sort of amend the content as well. So those are sort of my key analytics. Yeah, I think just just to emphasize Rachel's point, I think the engagement point of view mm. in terms of analytics is so important for us is one of the mo- most important. Um, obviously looking at shares as well. I think shares yeah. sort of influence obviously how many people are, are, are seeing your oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's even more important than ever, I think, to to build content that users want to share as well. So mm-hmm. asking yourself, like, you know, would I share that post myself with my friends and family before? Like, mm-hmm. I think before we're putting any content out there, that's the sort of questions that, you know, us as a marketing team are asking ourselves. So, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. from our point of view, we're in a very lucky um, position because we have a very hyper-engaged audience in our forever business owners who are obviously business owners in, in their own right and um, mm. have a very vested interest in, in in our content because they want to be able to share it and use it across their own individual pages um, mm. from our page rather than, you know, having to create it themselves. Like I said, we've got a really talented team, so we're able to produce, you know, all of that type of content, video, design, that sort of thing that, that they can then use across their own platforms. But yeah, just as I, as I mentioned earlier as well, from a, I think from a, an analytics point of view, just for test and learn point of view as well. And, and mm. just if something works, just doing more of it. Just a, a quick question, just before Emer moves on to the, to the next discussion. Um, have you found any sort of surprises when you look sometimes at your analytics, whether it be on the channels or your Google analytics, where you you discover a, a potential new audience or a new age group or a, a new a new gender mix that you hadn't previously thought of would be a forever living customer. Has that ever kind of cropped up? Yeah, I think so. I think because of the like just changing climate over COVID as well, we've seen mm. you know we, we, before we were very much our, our audience was heavily females and. Mm-hmm specific age bracket as well i'd say sort of you know 30 to 60s um, but mm-hmm. it definitely got younger i think because of covid as i mentioned earlier probably mm. because people are, uh, are looking for that side hustle and that business yeah. opportunity as well um so yeah definitely o- over that sort of time um as well yeah because that's a, that's an interesting point i think for, yeah, for business owners to to, to yeah. kind of always look at the analytics from that point as well to see are they attracting a uh, an audience that they may not necessarily have thought mm. would be in their mix and tweaking the content may bring more of them. Yeah. In. The other yeah. thing as well is I pick, sometimes people aren't sure where to look for their analytics, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. So like with Instagram and Facebook, they're both called insights. Um, so uh, I always say to people, just you can go in and pop your head in once a week and see, you know, on the mobile phone, check your insights there for Instagram. And then uh, it's nearly better to look on the dashboard on a desktop for Facebook um, for insights. Uh, again, as I say, uh, engagement, I think, is the big word for any uh, business. You want to engage your your audience. You want to engage them to stay with you. You want to engage them to uh, like you enough to want to get to know, like, and trust you to buy mm. from you. Yeah. Um, guys, have you any tips in regard to engagement? Is it, you know, I always say to people, listen, it's social media. It's a two-way street. Um, what would your advice be on that? Yeah, from our point of view, as I, as I was saying, we, for our um, audience and our community, mm-hmm. they will tell us directly, I think, what they 
they like and what they don't like sometimes directly and sometimes indirectly as well by not engaging with our content. So, you know, how many times I like it or commenting on the post, but obviously sometimes directly as well. And, um, by commenting on it or engaging with it. And yeah, we can look at that and we can think, yeah, let's do, let's do more of that or let's do it on a, on a bigger scale as well. Mm -hmm. Um, we, in terms of like engaging content that, that we found works quite well, um, user generated content that, that tends to work, um, specifically well on, on our channels. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think we have that community element where they're telling us what they want. And also because, a lot of those are creating content for their own channels that we can then mm. reshare. But yeah, I, th I think it's sort of in terms of that user-generated content, seven times higher engagement from our... Um, well, they say everybody wants to be famous for five minutes, don't they, exactly. Phil? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I, I can think try and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's more trust in, in those posts as well. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. on a, a company page, it can look very corporate. Um, mm. so I think it is important to have that bit is definitely more trust in, in those user, uh, generated posts and as mm. well, you know, the rise of like Pinterest and different pages like that, mm -hmm. people are looking for inspiration from prime images all of the time, not necessarily just from a brand point of view, you know, looking mm. at tagged photos or, uh, it, you know, if you're looking at a restaurant for for example, I'm always looking on the location on Instagram rather than the actual company page itself. So yeah, yeah I think mm -hmm. there's just a lot more credibility and trust in, in that type of content. So that yeah. tends to do well from our perspective. I think you're right. I think, you know, people want to be part of a community where they feel that there are points of view or the fact that they've made an effort to yeah. comment on a post or to share it that it's reciprocated and mm -hmm. they're sort of thanked or engaged with or feel made that there's another human in the digital yeah. realm as, as such. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, we'll probably talk about this a little bit later on, but I think that the rise of just podcasts and Twitter spaces, that whole like personal mm. point of view is definitely mm. important. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for us as well, we're, we are lucky in the respect that we are direct to consumer as well. So there's no guesswork. We control that whole process. There's, there's no middleman or anything like that. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of brands are obviously doing that really mm -hmm. well at the moment. Now you could go in a lot more direct to consumer um, rather than having it in shops. And, you know, big growing brands like Gymshark and, and stuff like that have, have done really well direct mm -hmm. to consumer. So, yeah. yeah, we're lucky from that respect as well. Like I know this year in particular, you know, and, and even probably last year as well, Instagram, particularly Reels, obviously we have TikTok and video has always been there as a as a, a content form that 99% of the time you'd be kind of saying, get your business on uh, video, et cetera. Mm. You know, like, like based on your experience and Rachel, if you want to lead off on this one, you know, like what are your thoughts on, say, the benefits and maybe the the tips for content ideas, maybe using an Instagram reel or if a TikTok is right or, or video that can help a business really put the brand forward to their audience. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think video is really, really engaging. Mm. Um, you know, we find that our video content is largely the most engaged content that we produce. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, and and also I think people sometimes worry that it has to, you know, be difficult or expensive to create video. And I really I don't think it needs to be, um, mm. you know, it requires a little bit of planning, obviously, um, and a little bit of knowledge of your target audience, but it doesn't need to be a big budget thing. It doesn't need to, um, you don't, you know, you don't need a studio or a big set or anything like that. Um, 
it's, you know, for me, it's all about how you can talk to your target audience and kind of add value to their life, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Um, so again, when you look at TikTok or Instagram Reels, the trend there is very much sort of uh, short form videos. Um, so it's not even always about creating something that's lengthy. Obviously, you can just impart little uh, snippets of information in a short, engaging way. Mm. Um, content ideas. Um, obviously, it's going to vary depending on the product or service that you're promoting. But um, you can kind of showcase how to use a product. You could uh, describe the benefits of a product. You can answer FAQs. That's a really great way to kind of take what you're oh, yeah. Is, yeah. You know, asking you all the time. And you could literally create an Instagram reel, which is like, hey, this is a question that we get asked. Here's the mm. answer to it. And obviously just, you know, use the transitions or, you know, mm. the music to, to make that a, a more exciting than it sounds, if you know what I mean. Uh, it, you know, if you provide a service specifically, maybe give us some free tips or some how to's, uh, you know, yeah. you don't have to give away all your secrets, but you can just make yourself appear sort of knowledgeable. Um, and then again, it gives, it gives them a reason uh, mm -hmm. to follow you. Um, and then it sort of makes clear as well what more they can get from you for buying your service or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, and definitely, I suppose what I find with say the use of video, even if it is like an Instagram reel or whatever it might be is, you know, if, if you get the people behind the business in front, oh, yeah. it creates that sort of human connection as such. Mm -hmm. that, oh, yeah. there is a group of people behind that business. Behind oh, yeah. yeah. We've, we've started doing that a lot more actually, because yeah. uh, the videos that we used to create before were, um, you know, we were lucky we had, um, you know, a videographer and, and they would create, you know, lovely product videos. And obviously it all looks very nice. It all looks very fancy, but then we have, discovered especially uh recently since instagram reels came in we can just make quite simple straightforward videos with just a few of our um you know team members at home you know created on a phone really really easy simple transitions yeah. and they performed incredibly well possibly better than some of the you know the, the really big expensive videos that we've done so Interesting. Yeah. 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 I think it's probably people like waiting to see if something's going to go wrong, you know, with the live, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and generally on my reels, they do go wrong, you know. But hey, these <laughs> people wash them, probably, you know. <laughs> you must be practicing a lot, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but okay. I know that video is, is top of the tree and video, uh, live video streaming and all that. But what happens if you're kind of nervous? Uh, and there are people out there that, and I know some people in particular that are very nervous of going on video. Um, I think I am so delighted that Clubhouse came out. Now Twitter Spaces, you know, audio is, I think, the way forward because a lot of people just haven't got that confidence mm -hmm. to get in front of the camera. And uh, what would you say, Spencer? Do you think that's a, a trend like, like I'm saying? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. I, th I think it is. I think obviously Clubhouse is invitation only at the moment. So mm -hmm. not everyone's using it. And I think when they probably open it up, it might not be. Uh, sort of as relevant because it's going to sort of dilute I think the content but yeah mm -hmm. definitely a, a good way to be a lot more personable and as I said not be so like corporate and come across just as a as a come you know a company mm -hmm. as a, a, an actual person behind this um, it'll be a great way as well I suppose to find out like feedback for us from our mm -hmm. community and our, our mm -hmm. customers I think that that would work nicely from our point of view and yeah i mean we're not obviously doing live events or anything like that so from a like trying to come across as a thought leader um mm. in different training topics that, that we do um 
and yeah, with with COVID, with us not doing these live events, and yeah, I think it will work really well. To be honest, um, you know, yeah. why, why I know that I could see I got invited to my first Twitter uh, Spaces event the other week, and it was really interesting because you know you just go, oh, this is a bit different. Oh, I must try that. I must go. Um, so uh, there is uh, opportunity, I think, there. You know, across yeah. the platform, I would say, I, I don't know what you think, Philip, but I think I can see LinkedIn bringing out their own version. Uh, I know uh, Facebook is working on one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they are. Like LinkedIn mm. tend to kind of be last to follow. Like, you know, they mm. they managed to get LinkedIn live. I don't think it's fully rolled out yet. Yeah, the stories as well. Yeah. Exactly, stories. Mm. So, um, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, mm. And because of the nature of LinkedIn, being a professional network and stuff it would make yeah. sense i would think yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah so um it's hard to believe that that is uh, pretty much an hour uh rachel and no. spencer yeah um <laughs> it's uh oh. it has, it's been, been a on to be honest <laughs> no no it's, it's been a great it's been a great chat and it's been a, some great insights you know for our listeners and for business owners in general who kind of see a big brand like yourselves still kind of Staying with the basics, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be complex. Follow the basics. No. Um, you don't have to be on every channel mm-hmm. um, and really get down to knowing your customers and how you can bring value to them. And so, yeah, and sense. using yeah. using things that are actually make sense, like your analytics, yeah. scheduling. Uh, we didn't even touch on hashtags today. No. Funny enough. Um, (laughs) Maybe they'll come back and we can talk hashtags. What do you think, Spencer? Definitely. If you if you invite us again, we'll we're more than up for that. Yeah. (laughs) There you go, Philip. I'll make sure the joke is is, in in Dublin next time though. Yeah. Yes. That's a date. That's definitely a date, you know. Um, so have you any last minute tips for us guys before you have to go? Uh yeah, sure. Um so um, obviously, I know we, we've talked today about keeping things simple, but then um, uh, probably another one of my tips might be to, to try and mix things up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I know yeah. uh, Instagram in particular really uh, loves it when you use all of their features mm-hmm. um, and they've been known to push you out in the algorithm a little bit more um, mm-hmm. if you do that. So, yeah, try and use all of their features, um, but then also uh, finding ways uh, to make one piece of content go further um so you know what for example on instagram you'll quite often see screenshots of tweets which can perform really well funnily mm-hmm. enough um yeah. you know and if you if you have a successful um facebook post is there a way that you can adapt some of the points in that to create an instagram reel or a tiktok or something like that so um mm-hmm. yeah find, finding ways to sort of make your content go a little bit further and and mix things up a little bit as well that would be uh top tip for me yeah that's a that's a great tip actually content repurposing because i think a lot mm. of business owners don't realize that what well, we've done a video is that it but maybe you could get that transcribed into a blog post or an ebook or multiple tweets or mm-hmm. a version for a reel or whatever so yeah yeah that's, that's something cool. that we do quite mm. quite a lot don't perfect we? Rach, with our with our content and not even just sort of repurposing it but also like recycling it as well i think Very there's, good there's that much yeah. content out there at the moment and you know people either miss it or they've watched it you know yeah. so i think 
yeah, don't be afraid to do that and recycle content, especially if you've invested a lot of time and money. Mm. Yeah, it does take time, you know, and yeah. uh, talking to hashtags, throwback Thursday. That's a good one, actually. Yes. Sometimes people yeah. go, oh, six, t- six months time, you know, uh, I'll be uh, taking over Instagram Reels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not likely. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, no, no, not going to happen. You know, so uh, there you go, Mr. Twyford. Another hour of fun. It has well, Rachel and Spencer. Thank you so much for for joining us today and for for sharing uh, your experiences and your tips and insights. Mm-hmm. All I have to say now is, if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Go Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all that is left to say is I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And again, Spencer and Rachel, this has been great. And definitely next time you're over in Dublin, we'll be in the studio, hopefully, fingers crossed. And we will get to uh, see you guys face to face and uh, have lots more chaps, as they say. So, and for me, uh, I want to say I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. And we'll see you again soon for some more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye.